from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's a wacky Wednesday. It's a wild Wednesday. It feels like a fun Friday. <laughs> That's what someone else said. It felt like Friday today. Yeah. I think I've done more shows with you now than I have with Joe. That's kind of crazy. So I'm super old, mm-hmm. but back in my youths, this was the night of the year. Wednesday? You go back. No, no, no. You go back to your hometown. Okay. You're in college, maybe you're just out of college, and you go to your local bar, and you see all those people you grew up with. Mm. You tear it up. Yeah? Throw it back? Yeah. But Candace, you grew up in in Raleigh. So what are you trying to say? Well, Raleigh, while to some may not be a big city, Mm -hmm. compared to like the town that I grew up in in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, it is. Sure, but there's definitely opportunities to go to bars, and I used to do that. I used to be in the club, for sure. But what I'm saying is, even in Raleigh, like you wouldn't have gone to the same middle school, elementary school, high school the same way that somebody from a town of like 25,000 people like I was. But you all hang out in the same areas, like when it's time to like hang out. You do? Yes. Okay. You're saying you did not tear it up on the night before Thanksgiving? Not before the night... Not for nothing. Thanksgiving, Christmas time was when it really when everyone Christmas came home. Christmas is more so. Mm-hmm. Is this because you were on your best behavior because of swimming? Like I'm now genuinely I didn't confused. Say that <laughs> um, Wednesday, just I think everyone for us. I don't know. I just really wasn't out during Thanksgiving time. Okay, but Christmas time is really when the turnips happen, which was silly because it's freezing. But shout out to Patrick's in Wanakee, New Jersey, which is okay. was the bar where everybody went. Nice. Yeah. I don't even know. It's a big moment when you were finally old enough to go to Patrick. Like when you were 20, like that was a. That was a thing? That was a rite of passage if you were a Lakeland Lancer. Okay. Totally. We used to to do Garner Road parties. Like that was here, I think. Yeah. Garner Road had the whole like little gym kind of gym gym jam sort of situation. Yeah. That used to be our thing. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) It's the time on the program where we answer your all totally legitimate questions. It's a little segment we call Hey Joe. Joe cracked the door. All right, this first question comes from Ninja Swaff. Hey, Joe, why does the college football playoff committee love LSU so much? All right, help me with this, Candice, because I I cannot come up with a reason why two loss LSU in the college football playoff rankings last night was ahead of one loss USC and one loss Clemson. Because they made a deal with Brian Kelly. If you stop with the Cajun accent... We will allow your team to win, lose twice and still be in the college football playoff conversation. And so he hasn't done it since. Do you think what LSU has done merits being ahead of, let's let's say, USC out in the Pac-12? No, because I think those two losses are really – the Florida State loss to me bans them from even being in the conversation. Okay. USC lost to Utah – they turned around and beat UCLA. They have not played Oregon yet. They're on track to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I could look at USC's resume and go, all right, they don't have that many great wins. Now they're going to play Notre Dame this week, who came in at number 15 this week, so that's going to help them. I suspect I suspect if USC beats – well, I mean, if, if LSU loses Georgia, it doesn't matter anyway. Sure. Okay. And maybe that's maybe that's more the approach I should take. I think so. With this, than getting myself worked up. Because yeah, because you mentioned that they're ahead of Clemson too. Mm-hmm. Cle- oh, did Clemson beat Florida State? 
Clemson did. Oh, that's really weird. And it's stylistically, too, I would say. Yes, for yeah. sure. Here is Boo Corgan. He's the athletic director at NC State. is also the head of the College Football Playoff Committee talking about the strength of the two lost Tigers. Well, I mean, clearly that was a dominant conversation for, for the last couple of days, and it wasn't a one-time conversation. It was over and over and over again to make sure that we were looking at this the right way. There's reasons for USC uh, to be at five. There's reasons for LSU to be at five. As, as we looked at it, the, the wins over Alabama, Mississippi, uh, carry the day more so than the wins over UCLA and Oregon State. Uh, as you alluded to, you know, the, the good win that they had uh, on Saturday was uh, 48 to 45. And I think some of the members of the committee, and as we looked at it, wanted to see a little bit more uh, from their defense as well as the overall strength of schedule from LSU, really drove the day. That's Boo Corrigan last night on the CFP committee show on ESPN. And Candace, I'm seeing – so number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, number four, TCU. Ohio State and Michigan play this week. Uh, Are you here to be entertained at the possibility of the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game still making the playoff? I think that they are going to still be in the playoff. The loser. Yes, the loser. So I think, first of all, I think Ohio State is going to win. Okay. I think Michigan's still going to be considered because of the way the way they fall in the rankings now. But when you think about a Georgia and LSU, you got to get rid of LSU because three losses, three losses, three losses. You would put the loser of yeah. Michigan Ohio State in ahead of either Clemson or USC. When you think about the Big Ten and the ACC and the way people view the ACC, I absolutely feel like they're going to be strongly considered. You're saying if Michigan – are you are you pushing my buttons right now? <laughs> I'm being Am honest. Am I stepping into this? Am I, I leading? No, I'm being – this is my actual opinion. Okay, well, who exactly – if Michigan doesn't beat Ohio State, mm-hmm. what exactly is on Michigan's resume that you look at it and go – why, yes, they're one of the four best teams in the country. Question with a question. What do you see from Clemson's resume that allows them to be well, in we've the already, conversation? Well, we've already talked about Florida State. Yeah, but you think that makes makes them ahead of... I think Florida State's pretty good. I think okay. Louisville's pretty good. I think okay. NC State's pretty good. Okay. I think Wake Forest is pretty good. Is that from when your you, ACC vantage point? No, I, I, I can acknowledge when a team in the Big Ten is good. I, okay. I think Illinois is good. Okay. They're not great. Sure. I think Penn State, is, Penn State and Florida State are, are commensurate. Okay. But if you lose the one game that counts, I'm, I'm out of here for that. Okay. I need you to but get out the paint. only one loss, though. Yeah, because they played a garbage schedule out of the league, and they cannot be rewarded for that. They only play who's in front of them. No, 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 no. They canceled a series, a home-and-home home with UCLA specifically, mm-hmm. because they, didn't, they needed an extra home game, an extra home game. <laughs> Because the billion freaking dollars they're going to get from the Big Ten Network, it's not quite enough mm, True. to true. handle. So, no, Candace. <laughs> and maybe you didn't know that when you got out of your car today. You're like, I got to sit in a studio in a confined space with uh, this sick guy. Yeah. And and he wants to argue with me about Michigan. You really think Michigan's going to get booted? Come on now. I do. If they lose, I, I mean... Do you believe in I would, like I would I, ban not, them to Siberia? Not necessarily Illuminati, but you do believe like with the brand power this is that be Michigan is far more than Clemson. Brand power, not not in the playoff era, no. Okay. But I I don't think it's going to be Clemson. I think USC is going to handle their business and get in. 
Then you're looking at Georgia, USC, Ohio State. You, you don't need necessarily Fair. that fourth. So what's brand. TCU doing? I think I mean TCU. <laughs> I love the cut of TCU's jib. Yeah. I don't know if you watched the Baylor game or not. Garrett Riley is my current, like my favorite coach. You have crushes on coaches, right? Only on Fedora. Okay. But like the way that they coach, you have a crush on the style that they coach. Garrett Riley, Lincoln's younger brother. He, I just, I love all the things that they do uh, on offense. Mm, okay. Maybe I need to look more into the mm-hmm. coach crush thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Oh, totally a thing. <laughs> Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here. Next up, Cox. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. All right, this one comes from Gianni. Hey, Joe, how are your World Cup picks doing? Do you need to burn another bracket? So, speaking of crushes. Yeah, you've been following the World Cup, Candice? Yes, only from a aesthetic perspective. Yeah. D- does it bother you that they all seem to be the same shape and size and build? Fine. and? Yeah. Yeah, you're okay with that yeah, part. Yeah, fine. Skinny. Like, I do like, I don't know, we're, we're talking about skinny. build. I, I like men from the trenches. I like my men in the trenches. Okay. But when you just talk about physical, facial attributes, you can't knock that. Now, see, that's part about loving guys who are like that is they're clearly running, what, 27 miles a day? Yeah, there, there's a lot going on there okay. fitness-wise. And I think my 27 minutes that I'm going to have before the turkey is like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm That's okay for me. But if they if they like something a little fluffy, hey, we can make something happen. But if they don't, I'm cool on that too. <laughs> As many people know, um, I have an infatuation with Gonzaga, and I finally gave up on Gonzaga last year. I set them free. So I took Kentucky, who turned around and lost to St. Peter's in the first game. Mm. So I, I made a couple of pre-flop bets, as I like to call them. I had I had Germany. They lost to Japan. Wow, uh, obviously not knocked yourself. out yet, but I had them. I have Belgium. They're uh, struggling with Canada right now. And I also have Argentina, who somehow lost to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> not so great for you. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. It's time to break out the old Bic, throw a little fluid on the uh, on the Soccer World Cup might bracket. Not be your thing. No, I love, I, there's nothing better to gamble on than the World Cup. Really? Oh yeah, soccer's awesome. Well, but why do you like to gamble on soccer? Oh, there, you might think oh, there's not a lot of scoring, but there's a lot of different ways that you can gamble on uh, soccer. So it's pretty. So cool. like if he ran 13 yards instead of no, 17. No, okay. it's not that minute, but <laughs> still there. All right, Cox, I think we got time for one more. All right, this one comes from KD. Hey, Joe, the Nets really do stink, don't they? I wish somebody – I know it's the regular season in the NBA, and I know you really, really, really can't overreact to one game in the NBA. But wouldn't you think the Nets, like the one game they would show up for would be Ben Simmons' return to Philly and Kyrie back in the lineup and KD in the lineup? It's called having some pride about you. And Joel Embiid not in the lineup for Philly. Or James Harden, for that matter. Fully La- dressed out. Last night, Sixers win 115-106. The Nets are now 8-10. and 10. W- you know, What excuse do the Nets have to be 8-10? and 10? They're finding their groove. They're getting back to used to each other. They haven't had to play in, in a unit for a while, so there's still time for them. It's just November. That's what they say.
I think the uh, question was correct. The Nets really do stink. <laughs> I can't wait for them to be, that roster to be blown up. This is the OG. We'll talk a little bit more World Cup with Sam Stasekel from The Athletic right after this. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Joining me now on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline is Sam Stasekel. He's covering the World Cup in Qatar for The Athletic. And we talked to Sam before the U.S.'s draw with Wales. Now they'll play England on Friday. Uh, I, I, you were here, Sam, long enough in the triangle to understand this analogy. I feel like England is NC State with a 17-year head start, right? Because they, they won the <laughs> Cup in 66, and they really haven't won anything since. Um, and, but they love, love to tease their fans and break their hearts. Uh, if you don't follow soccer, you know, NC State, we call it NC State stuff. In England, you know, when they lost the World Cup to Argentina, they literally called it the hand of God goal. So, like, <laughs> like they take it to another level. So, uh, you being here in the triangle for as long as you were, you know uh, this is kind of sort of a compliment. Um, but what do you see when you see this English squad? and? Obviously, they were really impressive against Iran in their opener. Yeah, so they won 62 on Monday against Iran, who were really bad. As impressive as England was, Iran yeah. was really bad. They have, they have a lot on their minds other than these games, those players. Of course, with everything going on in their country, and they're sort of involved in taking criticism as part of the protests going on over there. Um, but yeah, England are super talented. And the difference for me with England this tournament and, and maybe the last couple of tournaments when they made the semifinals in Russia in the World Cup and they made the final of the European Championships last summer is that there isn't quite as much off-the-field star power associated with some of their, their guys. They're not as big of celebrities. Maybe they're not all over the tabloids like past teams were. And the expectations, particularly for this tournament for England, haven't been as high. They weren't really playing very well heading into the World Cup which caused a good deal of pessimism in the fan base. And in a weird way, I feel like that's beneficial for them because they usually enter tournaments like these with huge expectations, outsized expectations in terms of what their fans think they are relative to what they actually are. And, and this time around, it was more aligned with reality, which I feel like allows them to approach things in a more calm, reasonable, less frenzied and frantic fashion as a team, which I think will probably help them. So I think uh, in a bizarre way, them being bad or worse might actually be good for them at the World Cup. Sam Stasekel joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. He's in Qatar. He's covering the World Cup. And I know England finished well in the Iran game, but they just look like it. it I love to oversimplify soccer because I enjoy soccer and I, I, don't, I don't demean it in any way. It's like, do you have guys who can finish? And England looked like to me they had three or four guys where you're going, oh, yeah. oh, oh, they're difference makers. Then, then they got a couple on the bench too. Yeah, and, I, and you you mentioned that last time. I'll say this about the U.S. I haven't watched them. That was the first time I've seen them. I thought they looked athletic to me. They looked organized to me, particularly in the first half. I thought they were aggressive. 
but nobody really jumped off the page to me the same way a Bellingham or a Saka did where I'm looking at that guy's going, or Bellingham, and I'm looking at him going, okay, the U.S. doesn't have one of those. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I think you nailed it. Okay. One game. That's all it took. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. is athletic, and they are organized, and they're typically pretty strong defensively. Uh, but what they lack is that ability in the final third, that ability in the box, that difference maker, like you said. Uh, we saw that on Monday against Wales. Wales came out super passive in the first half. They basically didn't even try and have the ball. They sat really deep. Uh, they, they, they're good defensively, Wales. And they forced the U.S. to, to get the ball wide and launch and crosses, not play through the middle. And that made things difficult. But then in the second half, they, they, Wales started playing a little more because they were down a goal and they needed to chase the game. That opened things up for the U.S. And they had a lot of opportunities kind of in transition when Wales were a little bit too spread out to, to go attack them. And time after time, there were a few poor decisions that U.S. players made, but mostly they just didn't execute. That final ball was there, the opportunity was there, and they couldn't pull it off. And that's not something that's new for this team. This is something that they've struggled with for the entire time that they've been together. And I think it's just kind of where they are as a, as a unit right now. Um, and I don't really see that changing over the course of the World Cup. After the draw with Wales, do you see this coming down to goal differential? You know, both Wales and the U.S. losing to England and then how the, how bad either one can beat Iran? Yeah, I think that's a very real possibility, maybe even the most likely possibility okay. at this point. So if the U.S. does lose on Friday, that's not the end of the world. If they lose by a lot, though, that could that's be a, a major, major yeah. difficulty. So, like, if a, losing 1-0 or 2-1 or something like that, that's a decent outcome. If Wales wins, they're probably not going to score a ton of Wales. That's not really their game. If they win by one or two, then you can go into that final game saying, okay, if we can put a couple past the run and England can take care of business against Wales, then we'll get through. Now, it's not a situation you really want to be in because in this hypothetical, England will have already clinched a spot in the knockout round. Yeah. And so they, you need them to, you need to rely on them beating Wales when they've already secured a berth and, you know, England, Wales, Wales, I don't think likes England, but the way it was described to me by one of my English colleagues was that they view Wales sort of like the U S views Canada. So maybe, okay. maybe they'll like, be like, you know, it's Wales. Let's maybe do a massage and just get a draw. <laughs> Sam stays goals with the athletic. He's covering the world cup. And Cutter, U.S. and England will be on Friday. We won't be here on the air, but I wanted to catch up with them. Beforehand, U.S. coming off that 1-1 draw with Wales. Now, Sam, if I were drunk and 20 years younger in a pub somewhere in Europe watching these games, I would be an ugly American, and I would tell my English friends, hey, man, it's your freaking game, and you've never beaten us in the World Cup, ever. <laughs> I would be talking so much trash to those fans because of the statistical oddity that is the world cup bizarre. series between the u.s and england um now obviously two games two matches isn't much of a sample size yeah one of but, which 70 came 72 years ago as well. yeah i mean but <laughs> it does kind of fit my answer state analogy for england like even the games you're supposed to win you can't tie your shoes on um but that would make me the ugly American, wouldn't it? I don't know. I guess so. I think that's okay. <laughs> I'm actually like kind of thinking about this a lot right now because 
I talked to a few guys that played for the U.S. when they last played England at the World Cup, which was in 2010, and they drew 1-1. England scored an early goal, and the U.S. scored late in the first half on a huge, huge, huge goalkeeping error by England. The guy just basically let a slow roller right through his legs. It was pretty brutal. Um, but it was a 1-1 tie. And uh, the buildup to that game, the narrative was so... Uh, what's the word? In England, it was just viewed as like, oh, no problem. We're going to take yeah, care of it. The Yanks, okay. yeah. The, there, was, there was a tabloid that did like an acrostic for when the draw happened, and it said, easy, England, Algeria, Slovenia, Yanks. <laughs> and all the American players took note of that. And I think the, the perception of American soccer is uh, it's shifted in a positive way in England and elsewhere in Europe over the last 12 years. But it's still not all the way there. And playing England is the best way most efficient way for an American team to change that perception, not just abroad, but even at home. And I think that's that this game presents a huge opportunity in that way uh, to sort of announce yourself on the world stage. And I'm personally really fired up for that. I think that'll be a really cool element. Um, and, you know, we'll I'll be there with some, some folks from the UK, from the athletic. And if the US beats them, I'm probably going to laugh laugh in their face and run around saying catastrophe in an English accent. Love it. Sam Stasco <laughs> from The Athletic. He's in uh, Cutter. He's covering the World Cup. Before we let you go, gigantic upsets don't happen often in soccer, but we saw one when the, Saudi, the Saudis knocked off Argentina. Yeah. M- may or may not be our pick to win the World Cup. Um, what happened and what was the reaction like there um, to yeah. see Saudi Arabia have success you know, I know it's not Qatar, but it, you know, I'm sure that's a country close enough that people were it celebrating. Close. Now, Qatar and Saudi have a complicated relationship. Okay, they don't get along super well politically, so there wasn't a ton of that. But um, we actually do have a lot of Saudis staying in the apartment building that we're staying in here, so they were having a good time last night for sure. Uh, how did the game go? It was actually quite, quite amazing. You would expect the 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 underdog team to kind of sit back and soak up the pressure and rely on a lot of kind of luck and goalkeeping to to win a game like that. Saudi played incredibly aggressively. They played a super high defensive line. They they had a good offside trap going that kind of threw Argentina off a little bit. They looked that allowed them when they turned it over to get forward really fast and create some chances of their own. They scored two really good goals. Uh, and the celebration was crazy. Saudi Arabia, the entire country was given the day off today to celebrate. Um, I saw a video on the, on social media of a, of a group of Saudi fans who I think were watching back home in Saudi Arabia. And, and one of them, the, the celebration after the second goal, uh, one of them tore the door yeah, off I saw of the that. room that they were in and just threw yeah. it outside, which was incredible. So that's kind of the magic of the World Cup, right? You have some upsets like this. It's not unlike March Madness in that way where you can have an underdog story even if just for a game um and, and it's kind of this beautiful thing that the entire world takes notice of so that was really cool to see and um i'm sure there will be another big one or two upsets as we as we move along in the tournament well sam stays cool from the athletic we'll check in with you again next week and enjoy your very unique qatari thanksgiving on thursday and of course the game <laughs> Thank on you. friday thank you appreciate that have a good one joe your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, 
highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.